1: Clone Wars fans, welcome to the 52nd episode of Frontline's The Clone Wars podcast. The original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. We are here to to, uh, discuss the clone cadets and ARC troopers. I am your co-host Matt, and joining me on the other side of the microphone is none other than your host. He may be scruffy looking, but he is no nerf herder. Michael Cohen, what's up my friend? We're back. Uh, Season three.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fresh out of the back to tank once again. <laughs> uh, I have uh, I don't know what's wrong with me like this last year, but I just keep getting colds and flus. And...
1: Yeah, this is like the second time you. you've been you've been sick, yeah. but uh,
2: so I you... uh, so but I I I'm going to trooper through it because we got to talk about the season premiere for season 3.
1: Yeah. We
2: two episodes to get to. So, uh a lot of big
1: stuff to get to, man. Yeah,
2: totally. So, let's just uh, let's jump into the news right let's away. Jump
1: in
0: get ready this is it help you again yes mm. uh, right I thought yeah. you might say that what are you talking about Well everybody thank me at once that doesn't sound too hard so what I told you is true from a certain point of view, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen
1: <laughs> all righty then so in the news I think we're going to start off with Uh, The Force Unleashed 2, and and not necessarily the game. We're talking about the novel. The novel's coming out on October 8th. Yes. And, uh, you know, I wanted to pose this question to you because I'm obviously going to read this. Um, Sean Williams, a great author, Star Wars author. But I'm kind of torn. Do I read this? And I know if I start reading, I'm going to finish it in a few days. Should I read this or wait until the game and read it after the game? Oh man, I'm, I'm torn right now. I don't know what to do, man. I'll
2: tell you, the the thing with reading the novelization is that the novelization is the... Because uh, obviously there'll be more choices to make in this one like there was in the first game. So
1: yeah, uh, right,
2: right. The, uh, the novelization for the first game is what's considered the canon storyline. So, um, and it definitely, like from what I've heard now, I got a copy of it while I was at Star Wars Celebration 5. Uh, JC grabbed me one from the 501st party and, uh, and gave it to me. Uh, but I have only made it through like the first two chapters. Wait a minute, you already so. have it? No, 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 the, from the first novel.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
2: <laughs> um, and uh, and, and I, I'm told that later on down the road you get a lot more like extra story from what um, you got in the game and in the comic books. so. Uh, you'll get all of the extras and you'll get what is the, like the definitive storyline. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right, <laughs> it's hard to tell like I mean you want I like personally I would I want the video game to be more of a surprise because with the video game you are you're also getting the, the performance
1: yeah exactly. right you're yeah. gonna get the
2: audio of the voice actors and you're gonna, gonna get the visual performance of the characters and that sort of thing yeah. and the first game was just so great at that 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 that's what I would want
1: to do. That's how I. Would do it. Yeah, that's that's probably what's gonna happen. I, I like you yeah. said. I think that actually seeing some of the video, and uh, parts of the of the game is, is what's gonna make it so, so yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So I don't know if anybody else out there's gonna have that conundrum, but uh, yeah, October eighth, and also in the book realm, uh, the third Bane novel is coming out, and I read the first two Bane novels, and I really enjoyed those course darth Bane the the uh first one to implement the rule of two uh-huh. so if you are a eu fan and and like the first two novels look for the third one which is coming out i believe around the same time it's entitled dynasty of evil so a couple of books coming out and uh <clears throat> yeah. yeah look for those what else we got news uh,
2: Clone Wars Adventures has officially launched. Um, I, we talked about it a, a little bit a few weeks ago when the beta was out, I think, or at least yeah, we've been talking yeah. about it on the forums. I know that. Yeah. Um, but it has officially launched. So if you go to clonewarsadventures.com, you can sign up. It's 100% free. But once you get in there, you'll really want to spend some money. And that's the whole point. So
1: uh, yeah.
2: I urge all of you to go into it with the knowledge that <clears throat> unless you wanna spend a whole lot of money, it's, uh, it's just a good way to, to waste some time. I mean, it's just yeah. some well, uh, mini games and that sort of thing. The, the, the games that they develop for it are excellent. Um, they kinda run a little slow on my computer, but, uh, but they're really, really cool games and, uh, and you, get, you get credits for every game that you play and then you can take those credits and buy stuff. The problem is that there's two. Huh, with most of these things, there's like you you get you get your money that you earn from like <clears throat> adventuring or playing games or whatever, mm. and you can buy stuff. And then there will also be stuff that you can buy with actual cash. Um, the problem with Clone Wars Adventures, as I see it, is that they have actually three tiers of things. So. You can buy stuff with your regular credits, and it's pretty mundane stuff like regular clone trooper armor. There's some ARF trooper armor, uh, a, a three different kinds of Jedi Padawan robes, and uh, and some other really really basic stuff. But if you want anything specific, if you want more more uh, stylized armor, like uh, they have a, they even have like this thing called like the super trooper. Or something like that, that is like this humongous clone trooper um, that maybe we'll see later on in season three. I don't know. Uh, But uh, if you want that stuff, you either have to pay for it (coughs) or you have to become a member of the, like, you have to upgrade to a Jedi Knight account, which is also paid. Like, so, so not only, like, if I want to have a customized lightsaber but also dress like Boba Fett or pre Previsla or one of those characters or whatever um, then I have to have both a Jedi Knight account and I have to get cash credits so that just okay. seems like way too much to me yeah, personally right, right. like um, I could I could deal with it if it was like to get the really really cool stuff you had to pay for it but really there's not a lot if you're not willing to shell out cash yeah. And uh, and even some of the games are are locked off to uh, to Jedi Knight members. So yeah. in my opinion, not really um, a great way of doing it, especially to get kids interested. They're going to get in there and they're going to see that they need to spend money and they're going to go to their parents and their parents are probably going to say no. no. And they stop. <laughs> yeah. So get Money on
1: the computer. Yeah, I know. I hear that. So <laughs> with this, I have no idea what this is, but – it sounds like it's maybe like a younger version for people who are going to play the Old Republic. Maybe this is like a, a step down or something like, <clears> like that. Kind of, but kind not of really. You know, okay.
2: you know like Free Realms? Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah. You got you got kids, so I'm sure you've heard of Free Realms. And, yeah. And uh, back in the day, Neopets and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like that. Okay. It's just like it's this game that you go online and you – make your custom character and then you can talk to people and yeah. join up with your friends and that sort of thing but there's not really a heck of a lot to do once you have joined up with your friends it's kind of yeah, yeah. Okay. i don't know i guess as an adult it just doesn't seem that interesting
1: yeah that's I what i thought yeah. to the
2: younger group it's probably a little bit cooler than yeah. i sweet mean, but
1: and that's what it was that's what it was sort of sold to anyway <sighs> it was like yeah. the, the younger fan so
2: um, but uh, but be warned, it costs money, it to, costs money yeah. to do anything. It okay. is not free like these. Like, it is free to sign up and to get in there and to see everything. But essentially all it is is, like, it's free to sign up so that you can see everything that everybody else has that you have to pay for. <laughs> you have to buy it. Um, <laughs> okay. And right. my computer is only, like, two years old, and uh, and it already can't really handle what they're trying to do on there. So yeah. if you've got an older computer, chances are you probably leave able to get on anyway so that's two areas where i think they really messed up they needed to make it a little bit more computer friendly so that it didn't need such high requirements and uh and a little bit more poor person friendly i guess i should say or yeah. kid friendly. you know like so that you don't have to get on there and spend because they were they're asking for like 20 bucks a month for your jedi night thing or something like that and if wow. you pay if you pay for the year you get like you get it discounted but really not enough not yeah. enough for it and uh that's a little
1: expensive
2: and then you got to spend money on stuff once you've already done that it's like it's one or the other guys you got to pick one
0: yeah you
2: can't you can't have it both ways i don't think this is going to be around for him. i think it'll probably be around for maybe a year or two yeah once the
1: report comes even, out yeah well we
2: won't even hear about it dying it'll just die
1: yeah right it'll yeah.
2: just get shut down because be a- <laughs> you know like it's one of those things so yeah
1: yeah
2: uh, so that's that.
1: Well, that's that. So the last thing is we, we just talked about this, and we, we thought that we would talk about it now. It's something that happens in the, the ARC Trooper episode. And it's a sensory yep. clip, and I'm sure everybody has heard about it. And if you haven't seen it, you can go online and check it out. But uh, we wanted to, to mention it real quick here in news. And, yeah. Uh, but, but go ahead, Mike. You, you start. Well, apparently
2: screeters were sent out a, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And in the screener, they had a clip of um, of Asajj Ventress when she when she kills that ARC trooper in the corridor in the Invasion of Kamino. She uh, she pulls him towards her and like impales him on the on the lightsaber and then kisses him yeah. as he's dying and then like turns the lightsaber off and he drops to the ground. Yeah. Um, and that just. Just that that short moment of him like being impaled and then uh, her giving the kiss and then him dropping to the ground. Uh, Cartoon Network decided to censor it. Um, they they cut it out of the episode. It's a split second thing, so you don't even really notice it uh, unless you knew it was supposed to be there. Yeah, you uh, alone. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's an excellent, excellent character moment for for Ventress. Oh yeah. And yeah. and it's a real shame that it got cut out of the broadcast. But at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be on the DVD and Blu-ray for season three. Um, and, uh, and stuff like this happens all the time. Now, <laughs> this is the first time that Cartoon Network has censored something from going to air uh, with the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. But it is not the first time that something's been cut out of an episode and then put back in for the DVD. I mean, I was actually... In preparation for the episode today, uh, I I watched rewatched the two episodes, but uh, but I actually split them up by watching uh, rookies in between. Yeah. So that I could like watch yeah. all three in, in succession, and just to see if it if it really changed the story that much, um, and uh, and and rookies gets an extended director's cut on the Blu-ray. So
1: right,
2: really like is it that big of a deal? No, not really. Like so. People want to get out there and and get all up in arms and stuff and say, oh, you know, the show's on at 9 o'clock. There's not even any kids watching by that point. First of all, completely untrue. There are kids watching it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that there are a great many 7- and 8-year-olds out there who have, you know, made deals with their parents so that they can stay up until 9.30 on a Friday night to watch The Clone Wars. And, uh, and in most instances, they're sitting there and they're watching it with their parents. So
1: yeah.
2: um, it's sort okay. of... It, PG is is all good, right? It doesn't have to be G-rated. It's just like PG, because you know that most kids are watching it with their parents anyways. Yeah. Um, but it's not really that that I think that Cartoon Network was concerned about. I think it's when they replay episodes, because they tend to... Uh, <clears throat> at least up here with Teletoon, they replay episodes every afternoon at 5.30. So uh actually i think five and five um so like it's not just on at nine o'clock here yeah, it yeah. airs at eight thirty and so like they, they they air it a lot more than just the one time that you guys are watching it if you're just watching new episodes and uh and the thing is is that like i can see how they they would be a little bit hesitant it's kind of almost sexual content and then it's uh i don't know it's yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's really on the fence and I understand why they decided to, to cut that from the episode. Yeah. And uh, like I say, it's a shame, but at the same time, uh, they got to make sure that they're <clears throat> sort of covering their butts. It's more so about like this is the sort of thing that could upset somebody and then later on uh, they could decide, oh, well, now we're going to say, you know, that the Clone horse is not appropriate for kids. And and that's not what Cartoon Network wants. Cartoon Network wants people of yeah. all ages to enjoy the shows. So
1: yeah.
2: uh, they're just covering their butts and, and trying to keep the show from being disrupted uh, any further. So like you know, like I'll, I'll really like I'm kind of going to bat for them and defending them because I know a lot of people are out there kind of pissed off that that they're. Cutting stuff, and they they yeah. already you
1: know, the, the first first <clears throat> or second episode, yeah,
2: yeah, and that like the Clone Wars team didn't want to cut it, but that it was Cartoon Network's decision. But I think it was a smart decision. I, I understand why why it was made.
1: Yeah, so, and and you said yeah. also that you know it airs again, and it did it for us here in the states. It aired again on a Saturday afternoon, so I understand what you're talking about about. It coming on during the day and not just nine o'clock yeah. or whatever it is yeah. six o'clock here actually where i'm at but it was only a four second i mean when you see it online it's only like four seconds like you yeah, said it's, it's real a fast. really short clip but... it's real fast but it's such a great clip though i mean it, it just shows where how far this this uh series is, is going and it's gone already <clears throat> yeah and it's like we've said this many times it's like it's not just a kid show anymore. I mean, look at this, I mean, this is an awesome clip. I mean, and like you said, it's such a character moment because that is Ventress right there, you know, and that is exactly how she is and how I envision her in my mind when, when I see her. And and even though we don't know much (coughs) about her, yeah, it makes perfect sense, you know? And, and, but, uh, like you said, we can understand why they cut it, you know, it'll be on the Blu-ray and it'll be there and everything will be great. So,
2: and if you just go on YouTube, you know what? Like when I yeah. post this episode, I'll probably find that YouTube clip and post it underneath the episode so yeah. people can check it out. But um, so, so check out the website, com and, it uh,
0: and, it'll,
2: and it'll be up there. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, at the end of the day, it's four seconds. It's not that big of an impact on the story.
1: Yeah.
2: So, you know, like I, I, I'm willing to just let it go and say it like Cartoon Network made a smart choice avoiding any sort of uh, uproar that could have been caused by this somewhat because you know like it's just they're not censoring it because they think it's uh, inappropriate content they're censoring it because they're worried somebody else will think it's inappropriate content and I can tell you there are people who would think that that was inappropriate content that they will say that it was sexualized and And uh, mixing sex with violence. And, you know, you can be as violent as you want. You can kill people. I mean, if you really pay attention to the rest of that episode. Yeah, really. Stuff is coming, crashing through the ceiling, killing unborn children. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, they're clones, but still, we're, we're, uh, we're meant to believe that the clones have souls as well and all that sort of thing. So, uh There's a lot more intense stuff in that episode, but because it's got anything to do with a sexualized nature,
1: they got to be careful. They got to cover their butts, right? So definitely. So that's what it is. That's what it is. So uh, we got some collecting stuff too, real quick. Uh, Looks like fans of the Build-A-Bear, you got some more treats coming up here. Um, So we got this on September 21st. Build-A-Bear Workshop, the interactive entertainment retailer of customized stuffed animals, announced today that is introducing exclusive Star Wars products, including the new Star Wars Bear, for $22. Um, basically, it's going to be coming with, uh, looks like, a C-3PO costume uh, that comes with a detailed gold suit, soft mask, <coughs> boots, and gloves. Yeah. Princess Leia costume that comes with a white dress, silver, silver belt, white boots, and a signature hairstyle wig. And the Han Solo costume that comes with navy <coughs> pants, a white shirt, black vest, the belt, and the plush blaster. So I know there's some there's some Build-A-Bear fans out there and the collectors. So uh, check out your Build-A-Bear <sighs> workshop here pretty soon. I it's, have uh,
2: 24. I've, I'm so into that that Han
1: Solo one. I'm totally <laughs> I know. Is that crazy? Yeah. 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 Let's see. What else we got going on? in comedy? Oh, this is another one. Uh, yeah, I we got know. we got
2: McDonald's has a new Clone Wars Happy Meal. And it feels like, <clears throat> now correct me if I'm wrong, but did they not just have a Star Wars Happy Meal recently? They did, and it was Clone Wars <clears throat> related, and I'm trying to remember yeah. what it was. No, I'm pretty sure it was, like, around oh, the uh, yeah. the season finale, wasn't That's it? That's right.
1: Yeah, it was the little ships with the heads that popped out.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. And, yeah. Uh, and now already we've got another one. So, I mean, I guess that the Star Wars stuff is doing well for McDonald's. It must be. Um, <clears throat> this is a really cool alternative to the crappy toys that they've put out in the past. And we all know if you want my opinion on that, you can go back and listen to past episodes where I tear them apart and say that they're <laughs> like... But this is kind of cool. They're uh, they're little like tech deck fingerboards, like finger skateboards.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, <clears throat> I can't really say finger right now because of my cold, but it kind of comes out as finger. But uh, well, that's okay. Fingerboard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Fingerboard.
2: Uh, and uh, and they have like cool Star Wars art, like Clone Wars characters, on the bottom of all of them. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a whole bunch of them. There is Anakin, Rex, uh, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Grievous, Cad Bane, Commander Cody, Mace Windu, and Asajj Ventress. So, that's a pretty wicked assortment. Yeah, uh,
1: that's a I, cool segment, I, yeah.
2: So, uh, and each one comes with an awesome temporary tattoo.
1: Oh, man. You know <laughs> so what's funny, though? is like, I was like, what in the heck? <clears throat> we talked about this earlier. It's like, are, are you serious? Like, skateboards? It's like, this was the tech, the... Uh, tech deck or fingerboards were like popular like years ago but yeah i remember my kids used to get them a lot but i don't know if they're that big anymore i guess they are but you know like the art and stuff is pretty cool I, or not art but the pictures they put on and you're looking at them you're going ah, it's, <clears throat> yeah it's not really that bad it's kind of be cool like he said to have him i, I gotta have the obi-wan and then he's like, yeah. well i i gotta have grievous too well can't be i gotta get him you know <laughs> you yeah know, oh you might as well get all of them what the heck yeah yeah,
2: yeah. But, yeah, yeah, so that's cool. So that's uh, <clears throat> that I think is is the October uh, Happy Meal toy. So those generally tend to start actually a week before the month that they're set to be released. So yeah. if you're really into collecting Happy Meal stuff from like Star Wars Happy Meal stuff, then uh, I would say start checking like next week. Yeah,
1: um, and get ready to for some the Happy, Happy Meals. Meals.
2: Yeah, get ready to eat some Happy Meals. Yeah, but here's the secret that a lot of people don't seem to know. You can actually just ask for a Happy Meal toy and buy it. Yeah, you can And a buy lot of the it, right? times they're like they're like a buck or a buck fifty or something like that, sometimes two dollars, depending on the toy. But yeah. uh yeah, so if you don't want to get a happy meal, but here's the thing <clears throat> if you're gonna pay a buck fifty for a Star Wars toy and then get your regular meal, you might as well just get the happy meal as well. Yeah, Happy Meal is only like three
1: fifty or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the heck? <clears throat> yeah. So look for that. Yeah, like you said, pretty soon here in October. And then the yeah. last thing uh, was for you, three and three quarter inch collectors. Uh, the Old Republic isn't even out <clears throat> yet, and they're talking about some figures for two thousand twelve. So it looks like some of the Old Republic uh, characters will be coming to the three and three quarter inch line for Hasbro in 2012 so uh like i said you uh you collectors out there that that uh are into three and three quarter inch look for that you know i'm working on the vintage right now mike and i know you said you were just a basic uh you you're not a mint on card you just like to open them up (coughs) yeah i'm really enjoying these vintage you know i got the first wave finished now i'm starting to look for the second wave and I wish I can get doubles of these because I really love the cards, but then some of these figures are so good, I want to open uh, them up, you know. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, I'd love to get two of each one, but right now I'm just putting them on card. Have you gotten a chance to get any of the uh, the vintage yet? No, but that- I, you know what? That
2: Boba Fett is a really nice Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but really, I've just sort of restricted myself to Clone Wars stuff and, uh, and only very specific Clone Wars stuff, so... Yeah, because uh, I kind of got a little out of control with the Clone Wars, three, three stuff. <laughs> so I just don't yeah, have anywhere do, to do. put them. That's yeah. the thing, right? And then, yeah. invariably, I get tired of figures. They go uh, into the boxes and that sort of thing. They get packed away, and then to make room for new stuff, and yeah. then uh, and then eventually I open up boxes and I go, well, yeah, I forgot I had this figure. I don't really care anymore, and then I just end up selling it later. So, uh, like, to to a. Uh, to a toy store, or a comic store, or something like that. Oh, really? Uh, when I say sell, I don't mean like sell. Like, all oh, right, I'm gonna make a profit. I just go like, some kid's gonna enjoy this a heck of a lot more than I am. So I'm just gonna get rid of it and maybe like trade it for some comic books or something. Yeah.
1: Similar,
2: <laughs> so, yeah. so don't don't be thinking that I'm a that I'm a an eBay reseller or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, actually I don't really like that sort of behavior. Because there's a lot of people who will go into stores, pull off all pull all the good figures off of the shelves, and uh, and go on eBay and sell them. And, yeah. uh, that's not cool in my opinion. No, yeah, Like when I worked at Toys R Us, I would keep all of the cool figures in a box, and uh, and like all of the all the scalpers and everything would come in first thing in the morning. So at about like noon, you you'd go and you'd put out all the good figures. So that some kids could come in after school. Could, oh
1: really? I've heard about that. It. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, so that really, they they get like
1: scalpers in there, and I didn't know if that was serious yeah. or not. But you're saying it—that's happened. No, so.
2: totally, totally. You know what's worse is that the worst is Hot Hot Wheels. So bad. I
1: heard Hot Wheels is actually so worse. bad. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, the Hot Wheels collectors are just. Yeah. Unbelievable! They'll be waiting outside the doors before you open. And they'll just. <laughs> No, they won't even say anything to you they just like as soon as you open the gate they just run past you to the to the hot wheel aisle and uh, and look for the good stuff the treasure hunt cars and stuff like that. Little do they know that that they actually like get hit so that those guys don't get them sometimes. (laughs) Well it's just not cool like the toys are for kids first you know if you're a collector that's fine but respect the fact that there are kids who will be searching for that figure, because you're a jerk and you pulled like six of them off the shelf, yeah, you know, so that you can sell them for thirty bucks online. Yeah, right. that's just, not, it's just you know, like it, I don't care about the business of it. If if you're trying to make money, then then whatever you're
1: trying to make money, but do it in a way that it's not hurting kids, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, on the on the vintage, <clears throat> I just like go once in a while, you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks, and if they have them there, yeah. cool. I'll get maybe one or two that I need. Yeah. Other than that, I just, they'll be No, I'm around. like, be b- around. Buy, buy
2: the figures that you want, by all means. But if you're just buying something to put it on eBay oh no, to, yeah. to sell it, you know, like, that's the sort of behavior that I don't like. Like, I don't know. But I'm the type of guy that, like, if I've got a figure in my hand and I'm looking through the shelves and stuff and some little kid walks up and goes, oh, they don't have Obi-Wan or something like that. I'll be like, here, take this one. I'll just, I'll find one. Yeah. Then, like, I'm here all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you know that sort of thing so
1: cool yeah so yeah that's uh that's what's going on a a little bit of collecting and not not a ton of news but uh yeah but uh i guess it's time to uh we got a lot to talk about so let's hit the the, uh, recap yep let's
0: jump in we believe Grievous is planning a separatist attack on Community. I'll take on a job for the right price. We have the Republic right where we want them. This is personal for us, clones. Shoulder to shoulder, on those no. cutlocks. I'm your worst nightmare. We could suddenly use the powers of the Night systems against the Jedi. Always emotional is the future. And many possible futures there are.
1: Alrighty, let's start it off with <coughs> Clone Cadets. In the cloning facilities on Kamino, a unit of Clone Cadets known as Domino Squad fights its way through a training course. The clones fail to work together as a group and cannot pass the test. Jedi Master Shakti looks on with Brick and L Les, two bounty hunters who have been hired to help train the clones. Brick harshly suggests that Domino Squad fail and be assigned to maintenance duty, while L. S. is more compassionate and wants to give them another chance. While not as harsh as brick, Shakti agrees that these clones will not succeed if they can't learn to work as a group. She ends the training exercise and calls 99, a deformed clone and maintenance man, to clear the debris from the course. So, <clears throat> before you before you go on here, yep. we get to the opening here and... We're we're looking at and I didn't know this at first. I was trying to figure out this is what's going on here, because I know these characters before, and then yeah. a, as we all know now, this is actually a prequel. And the next yeah. episode we're gonna talk about is a sequel yeah. to the to popular rookies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna be following around Domino Squad, which is uh, we'll get to the names here in a moment, but this this uh, this show opens up with this fantastic shot. Um, Kind of a hover over this training facility, and and we first saw this in the trailer, and it was kind of a we kind of all figured out that there was some kind of a matrix, style, yeah, you know, yeah. training thing. But uh, what a way to go back to the rookies, you know, back to the rookie type yeah. squad here. What a, well, way what a great way to, three, a, you know? yeah,
2: it's such an awesome way to open the season. But uh, before we get on with the, with uh, talking about the show, I just really quickly need to mention that I. Uh, <clears throat> Yesterday, Matt and I had a bit of a freakout because, uh, as as most of you probably know, all of last season, we took our recaps off of StarWars.com. Right. Uh, tweaked them and, a little bit,
1: but yeah.
2: and Yeah, and tweaked them a little and added our, our little bits and stuff and then did our, our talk and that sort of thing. And, uh, and that was working really awesome. And that was our plan for season three as well. Uh, and then we went to StarWars.com yesterday and it turns out that the... Uh, the episode guides are a lot more sparse this year. They won't have a full recap, um, and uh, and so late last night, well, I, I guess uh, yesterday afternoon, I uh, I shot one of our uh, one of our team members over there on the Star Wars Daily forums. A quick message uh, to to uh, to Kyle Avery. You guys know him as uh, he's Darth Slim, right? That's right. his. Darth Slim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over on the forums. Uh, And Kyle was awesome enough to write two recaps in less than 24 hours, which I can tell you because I used to do it for all of season one, I wrote the recaps, and uh, it is not an easy job. It is very difficult to write in-depth recaps, and he's done an amazing job of of writing these recaps. So he's he's actually going to be writing all of the recaps for season three and potentially onward. so, uh, so if you guys know him on the forums, uh, head over there and, uh, and, and give him a quick, uh, thanks because I tell you, like me and Matt, were like, what are we going to do? Are we just going to like go work off of some basic notes or yeah. like just sort of what we can remember and that sort of thing. But, uh, but Kyle really saved the day with this one. So, uh, so thank you very much, Kyle. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. And, uh, Big shout I out think- to Kyle.
2: Yeah, and uh, and 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 you guys all need to uh, to give him the proper props, the proper props. <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, yeah. but uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's officially a member of the front lines team, and he'll also be writing in Star Wars Daily eventually gets put up. But uh, but let's get back to this uh, uh, to uh, to the the season premiere, which just like. Like I said earlier, I watched all like I watched the essentially the whole arc for these characters earlier today in preparation for for recording this afternoon, and um, <clears throat> so amazing how how much this informs the episode rookies, and uh, it's such a brilliant idea to go back and show. Like just to show us the training in the first place, I think we were all really excited about. Right. And then when we when we get into the episode and we find out that Domino Squad is actually a group of troopers that we've we've already spent some time with, right. uh, it just uh, for me it was like that's awesome. That's just so great because I knew that Echo and Fives were coming back in in uh, Ark troopers, but I I wasn't aware until I started watching the episode that uh, that they would actually be in uh in this episode as well so yeah. uh so just really cool that they they sort of sandwiched an episode from season one with the season premieres for season three like just such a great way of, of telling a story and so classically star wars to be like you know these guys you know what happens to a bunch of them because a few of them die yeah, uh right but uh but here's what happened before that you know so exactly
1: you know and you find out that they're just kind of like a ragtag <laughs> bunch of uh yeah. You know, underachievers or whatever you want to call them. And as we get on to the, this episode and the next one, you'll see what, what happens to this, like, the, sort of bad news bears, if you will, uh, yeah. group of troops. So, uh,
2: yeah. go ahead. <clears throat> after returning to their barracks, the members of Domino Squad argue amongst themselves after failing the tests. Some of the clones have nicknames. Droid Bait always gets in the way, Fives gets his name from all the fives in his unit number and Echo is a stickler for rules and always repeats orders. CT-782 starts a fight with Echo, and Brick arrives to break it up. He assembles the entire squad and expresses his disappointment with their training, calling them a waste of his time. He even says that the Reject 99 has more sense than they do.
1: You know, I want to mention 99 real quick and get your take on this, Mike, because I was trying to figure out, is 99 a, a... old clone or is he uh, like a deformed clone? Like something I think, went wrong. You know, I think it's the latter. Like something went yeah, wrong with him. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um,
1: based on sort
2: of the way that Brick treats him and, and the Domino Squad like references to things like Bad Batchers and that sort of thing. Um, I would, yeah, I, I, I sort of lean towards him having been and Lama Sue sort of mentions that like there's, there's a bunch of different ways to clone yeah. and sometimes uh sometimes it always it doesn't always work out. Um, so yeah. I would think that yeah, 99 is is an early attempt cuz he looks a little older and then he's he also yeah. Yeah. he's got a hunchback, his his face isn't quite symmetrical, let's yeah, say. exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, he's got some issues, but uh but yeah, we'll okay. we'll learn more about him as the uh, as the season, as these two episodes
1: go. Yeah. And I think it was interesting <clears throat> that, that, that you know, when you talk about the clones, we just always thought they're all good. You know, everybody goes yep. into the war and it's like, no, you know, there's there's going to you're going to have some that fail. You're going to have some that are deformed. Yeah. So interesting little take on what can happen in a clone facility. So, yeah. Uh, elsewhere in Topoka City, Shakti meets with a Kamenuan prime minister, Lama Su, to discuss the trouble with Domino Squad. Lamasu acknowledges that the cloning process is not always perfect and that not all clones are equally skilled. Shakti has faith in the domino squad and does not want to simply cast them off as failures. Lamasu disagrees, remarking that the Jedi are too compassionate, but he leaves it up to Shakti to decide the fate of the clones.
0: I understand your concerns, Master Jedi. Ever since the unfortunate death of Jango Fett, we have had to stretch his DNA to produce more clones. A Jedi does not feel concerned, Lamasu. However, I have noticed this unit of clones have been... Deficient? My only thought is for you to search the galaxy and find a suitable donor for your future clones.
1: So we get this, Mike, and this is interesting about Django Fett that yeah. they are, you know, <clears throat> using his DNA and stretching his DNA so much that they're starting to get, it's like when you make a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. And it kind of, it's what it kind of reminded me of that, uh, they're, they're stretching it. And then she, then she said, what did she say about, uh, going elsewhere? Lama Su says something about going elsewhere. So I didn't know if I should take anything out of that either. Well, I got to correct you
2: for a second. Lama okay. Su's a dude.
1: That's what I meant. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, shock tea and then Lama Su at
2: the
1: same
2: yeah, okay. time. But, okay. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Lama Su's a dude. Uh, I gotta, I gotta make sure that, that people are cool. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, with the Kaminoans, Owens, it's easy to get mixed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It' very interesting, and and sort of leans towards some stuff that George Lucas has said in the past. That later on, the reason why the stormtroopers aren't nearly as effective as the clone troopers seem to be is because there are other there's other clone templates out there, okay? That, yeah. uh, after Django died, they, they only had so many resources like they can only use so much of his DNA before it either, I don't know goes bad or they run out or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, <clears throat> and then they need new templates. So this is sort of alluding to the fact that that post clone wars they, uh, they're gonna have to start using something other than Django. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, and then it also sort of brings in the idea that because they're stretching his DNA further and further uh, we're gonna end up with some uh, some random variables I guess you could say <laughs> so stuff <laughs> yeah. like uh, uh, cut up uh, clearly has a very different accent than the rest of them uh, he's got more of like a it's almost like a Scottish accent, maybe mm. even Irish. It's kind of it kind of it doesn't really place itself because it's kind of like a cross between a New Zealand accent and a Scottish accent, I think. Uh, and it's sort and it's one of his character traits, right? That's how you know it's cut up talking because he's kind of got a little bit of that that Scottish, I don't know, twang, I guess. Yeah. To okay, his voice, yeah. yeah. um, <clears throat> and uh, and then you you start to see that like. Whereas these guys like like uh, Shakti or uh, Lama refers to them as deficient, but uh, but later on we see that sort of what they what they lack in their obedience and their their uh, docileness, like we saw in episode two, mm-hmm. uh, that they're sort of bred with, uh, they they make up for in creativity. So. Uh, having like they, they I will get to it later on in the episode, but um, but essentially they use their uh, their creativity to solve a problem later on in the, in the episode. Right. And, right. Uh, okay. and that's something that, that they haven't really seen in any other clones yet. So uh, <clears throat> it's sort of it's lending itself to to sort of to the to the idea of the clone commandos and the arc troopers and all that sort of thing. Of them not being as uh, as as obedient and 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 uh, and not questioning orders and that sort of thing like the uh, like the regular troopers do so that later on we see like obviously Cody is is an early batch clone trooper right. and so in episode three he follows order sixty six would would yeah. five and uh, and exactly. Echo. Yeah. Necessarily follow Order sixty six, and I would say that based on on Fives's sort of on on his character traits, I could see him not, and I could see Echo wanting to, but also thinking that it's a little bit wrong and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, good point. Sort
1: right?
2: of, it's sort of opening the door for some interesting storylines down down the road yeah. with these okay. guys, especially with uh, where they end up at the end of, of the second episode of the season premiere, so...
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point.
2: Yeah, so, so we should, should get on so we can
1: get to that awesome stuff later. Okay. On a rain-soaked uh, landing platform, Brick and L.L.S. assemble several squads of clone cadets and introduce them to three ARC troopers led by Commander Colt. Colt gives the young trainees a pep talk before sending them off to complete their final practice test. First up is Bravo Squad, a highly efficient group of clones who the members of Domino Squad obviously dislike. <coughs> Bravo Squad must retrieve a beacon from the top of a fortified citadel while fighting droids along the way. They complete the course in an excellent time and Domino Squad is up next. They get off to a good start, but then Droid Bait gets shot by a trained droid. When the rest of the squad decides to keep going without him, the course shuts down. Commander Colt scolds the cadets for leaving a man behind, and LS reluctantly informs them that this is automatic. Uh, this automatically results in failure. So you get introduced to the Bravo Squad, and you're like, the, you know, they're the they're the A team, you know, and you got yeah, you got the the Domino Squad, who like we said was the uh, kind of like the ragtag bunch, and and you get some character traits here. You you find out that uh, CT uh, seven eighty two is actually heavy, and the, the bounty hunters talk about how he has problems you know he kind of goes off on his own yeah. and and this is going to come back to him just a little bit uh in a few moments in this episode and uh and we also get introduced to the arc troopers the the advanced reconnaissance commandos am i right there mike did i get that right that that is correct all right there we go <clears throat> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah what'd you think of this 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 section here you like this scene here with the uh the citadel uh
2: yeah it's it's a Challenge, it's a really good yeah. cool sequence and and what we see bravo team do is pretty impressive um i, I want to focus on the arc troopers for a second because yeah, uh, two things about them uh, they have new armor yeah which is uh the, they have the, the episode three helmets and uh, and beyond that their armor is actually really different if if you yeah, look you at yeah if you look at their chest piece they actually have a second piece of armor that goes on over top of their armor, um, like it's sort of like a gray chest piece that's underneath their comma, um, the top piece of their comma. So <clears throat> that's that's sort of something new that we've seen, um, and uh, and and I think this is how ARC troopers are going going to appear in uh, in the Clone Wars in in the, the computer animated TV series. I think that a lot of us we're kind of hoping for something that looked a little bit more like alpha. Uh, but it's, uh, we're, we're heading into season three. And, uh, and as Dave Filoni says in his uh, commentary, it's, it's kind of, it's time to, to move into the, uh, the episode three style helmets. It's, it, and, and he's sort of showing this as like, these guys are <clears throat> sort of taking like these experimental helmets and trying them out because yeah. they're the, uh, they're the elites. So the elite. they, yeah,
0: definitely.
2: they uh, they can handle have malfunctions, I guess, um, <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> or improvise at least. Yeah. So uh, so they've got these new helmets and stuff, and uh, and they seem like like uh, like some pretty cool guys, but
1: uh, but we'll we'll see more of them in the second episode. So yeah, well, did, before you begin, uh, did you get the first of two OT references? Uh, and this scene right here, I don't, let's see if you picked up on it. Um, well, there's it, one reference. There's a the THX 1138. Yeah, there, gets, that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the first one. Which yeah. is
2: yeah to, to uh, George Lucas's first film THX yeah. 1138.
1: Yeah. Um, that's how, that's the Citadel Challenge. That's the, uh, yeah. the uh, numeric naming for it is THX 1138. So that was the first one I saw. There's another one later on. So. Uh, we continue here? Go ahead, Mike. Uh, okay. Back
2: in the clone barracks, Brick and Ellis discuss the Domino Squad's failure. Brick is glad to be rid of the losers, but Ellis has made a request to Shock T that the group get one more shot at their final test. Brick considers training these clones to be just another job, and he only cares about getting paid. Ellis, on the other hand, views the struggling clones as a personal challenge and wants to see them succeed.
1: <clears throat> Echoes and fives approach General Shakti and request to be transferred to Bravo Squad or another unit. Shakti lectures the young clones on the value of teamwork and advises them to solve their problems as a group rather than individually. <clears throat> she will not grant them a transfer, but she will allow their squad to retake the final test the next day.
0: Jedi, where the individual and the group are one in the same. Much like you clones. Uh, Which is why Fives and I are looking out for each other. As individuals, but not as a group. You are where you need to be. Solve your problems as a whole, not as individuals. I have decided to allow you and the rest of your squad to take the test again tomorrow.
1: so there it is you get some jedi wisdom from shakti and uh she's basically telling hey you're not going anywhere you guys are staying as a team you're gonna work it out you know figure out what it is and and basically go and do it i mean you know what to do is she talks about some jedi stuff that uh individuals and the same she said something about that in that in that quote there but uh Basically, they're just getting uh, they are getting another chance, though. You know, they get one more shot to make this right, and we'll see how they do. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Uh, so, in an empty hangar bay, one of the clones of Domino Squad answers a summons from Brick. Brick blames the cadet for the failures of his entire squad. When the clone lightly takes the insult as a compliment, Brick verbally and physically abuses him uh, for not taking anything seriously. He calls the cadet a Cut-Up and the clone responds by thanking him for his new nickname. Brick angrily orders Cut-Up out of his sight.
1: So I, we, I didn't mention it before, but we get introduced to Brick and LS, the two bounty hunters that are yeah. hired to to yeah. train these guys because the Jedi just don't have the time. Um, and with these two characters, you got kind of Brick, who's the, the pessimist, you know, he He's only going to see the bad, and if they're not up to snuff, they're out of there. Yeah. And you got L.S. who's on the other side. He's more the optimist. He's going to, you know, let's give him a chance one more time. So that's where these two, you got two opposite ends of the coin here with these bounty hunters. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we get uh, kind of a little bit of a standoff there with Brick. You know, he punches a cut up. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what he was going for there, whether he was trying to get him to fight back or, or if that was just, you know Brick showing how tough he is but yeah
2: uh... I uh, yeah I think that it was it was a couple of things I think that Brick was trying to sort of exert dominance and yeah. be like like cuz cuz cut up obviously based on his name he's a bit of a wise man wise man right? so, yeah yeah so I uh, he I uh, he kinda talks back a few times but talks back without actually talking back unlike unlike heavy uh, who just talks back but uh, it's that I, I think Brick gets really, really angry because Cut Up just won't react. Like he won't, he won't let Brick get under his skin, and right, right. that that just Brick—he's a bully. I mean, he's sort of like a classic bully move. And when, when you take away a bully's power, they tend to resort to physical violence instead of just being fun of you. So, so that's when he hits him and. Cut up just kind of laughs it off and says, you know, yeah. like I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to hit you back. Like, <laughs> like don't yeah. be, don't be ridiculous. I know that if I do, like, you can tell that Cut up just knows, like, if I hit you, you're going to get me sent down to the maintenance yeah. section, right? Like, I that's the end of my career as a trooper, and and Cut up doesn't want that, so uh, he makes the smart move and just kind of takes it, and uh, and then just walks away from it. So uh, this and it definitely doesn't make Brick too happy, so.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's my take on it. Yeah, no, that sounds (laughs) about right. Uh, That night, as the clones enter their sleeping pods in the barracks, CT-782 sneaks down to his locker. He begins to retrieve his personal belongings, intent on leaving the army, but 99 confronts him and insists that he does not desert (laughs) his squad mates. CT-782, or Heavy, as 99 calls him, always tries to do things on his own. But 99 advises him to trust in his brothers and accept that he is part of the team. And like I said earlier, you know Heavy is the one who, they said, kind of followed his own path. And Mike, you mentioned this <coughs> yeah. a little bit earlier, where you said, you know, Cody, when he got Order 66, yeah, he does it. And would these yeah. other clones, these ones that are down the line, would they do that? And here we go. Here's Heavy, who... Much like uh, in season two where they had that, that clone that deserted in the deserter, yeah. um, Cut McQuain. here's Heavy saying, it looks like he's going, you know, I'm out of here. And it's just not really clear whether he's just, it sounds to me like he's going to go off on his own and, and be his own thing and do his own thing, much like Cut McQuain did in, in, the, in the episode Deserter. So very yeah. interesting there that they got maybe another clone that wants to take off. You know, he's had it. But uh, you got the you got ninety nine who's always wanted to be a clone and a clone trooper, yeah. Kind of calming him down and saying, "Hey, you trust in your brothers. it's, it's you know, making yeah. a team. You know, it's, it's it's all on you, heavy." So yeah, and he kind of he kind
2: of he gives him a little bit of wisdom and sort of says like, "Look, I never even got the chance to fail. Yeah. So right, like you should be thankful that you're you even have the opportunity because you could be." like me you know like that's and and i think that that's one of the things that sort of gets to heavy and makes him go yeah i've been thinking about this the wrong way that you know like that that he does have the opportunity and you know he shouldn't give up yet that sort of thing so yeah um it's definitely this talk and and 99's influence that that brings domino squad together so
1: right
2: as we are are about to hear
1: yeah
2: So, uh, the next morning, the members of Domino Squad prepare to take their test one last time, but Heavy is not with them. They worry that they will fail without him, but Heavy rejoins his brothers and assures them that they will succeed this time. The squad heads off to the training grounds.
1: At the training area, Domino Squad emerges onto the practice course. They fight their way through, working effectively to take down the droids. Shakti, Brick, and L less look on. And LS enthusiastically notes that the cadets are finally working as a team. The clones make their way to the base of the Citadel, but are discouraged when they realize that all of them are missing the ascension cables they need to scale the wall of the structure. LS angrily accuses Brick of sabotaging the test, but Brick insists that if the cadets are truly worthy, they will pass no matter what. LS pleads with Shakti to end the test because of Brick's cheating. But Shakti decides that the clones need to learn to overcome adversity and she allows the test to continue. (laughs) Meanwhile, Heavy has come up with a plan to scale the citadel using the gun emplacements in the wall. Droid bait goes out into the open to draw their fire while the rest of the uh, squad targets the guns and destroys them. Then they climb the wall using the deactivated guns as a ladder and reach their objective at at the top. Shakti praises Brick for bringing out the best in Domino Squad with his actions and remarks that they are some of the best soldiers she has ever seen. So, Domino Squad did it, man. They got up to Citadel to use some little ingenuity, and yeah. even over the, the, uh, I guess you'd call uh, Brick trying to sabotage them, you yeah. know, uh, they were able to overcome that and show how good of a team they actually uh, they actually were. So,
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a real shame that uh (laughs) that what happens to a few of them happens in uh in their
1: exactly
2: or in their previous appearance, I should say. Um yeah. Uh in the barracks, Brick and L S pin medals on the clones of Domino Squad and congratulate them on completing their training. Ninety nine personally compliments Heavy and is sad to see him go. Heavy says that they'll see each other again and gives his medal to ninety nine. Then the two brothers part ways.
1: On a sunlit platform, Brick, Ellis, and the ARC Troopers look on Shakti Ti, uh, as Shakti congratulates a group of clones on their passage from the cadets to troopers. Domino Squad and their fellow clone troopers board a transport ship and head off to fight for the Republic across the galaxy.
0: Today is your graduation. From here you ship out to fight against the Separatists, and restore peace to the Republic. Congratulations! You are no longer cadets. You are troopers. May the force be with you. Attention! Helmet on!
1: And Excuse that's me. how we end up, you know. We get uh, our troopers, our our ragtag bunch of of uh, underachievers, are now official troopers now, and they're headed off to the rookies episode. They're headed off to Rishi, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, uh, which is their it's their first uh, assignment is the is the Rishi outpost, and yeah, uh, I yeah. kind of know how that goes for those yeah, yeah. who may not have. I uh, seen that episode what ends up happening is uh, some com- commando droids uh, attack in, in like sort of in a in a meteor storm and uh, uh, catch the guys unawares um I don't actually know when droid bait dies unless he was the sentry. but they don't refer to him as droid bait no uh, not, yeah. but droid bait does die at some point in that episode along with um, I mean, like these are spoilers, but they're spoilers from an episode from like the first five episodes of season one. So, uh, not my fault if you haven't seen it. Yet. Um, why are you Why are you listening to this and why are you watching season three episodes if you haven't seen season one? Um, uh, and then uh, cut up gets eaten by a uh, by a giant space eel, and uh, and heavy ends up sacrificing himself right. to uh, to let to allow uh, fives. Echo uh, and Cody and ranks to escape yeah. the, uh, the outpost. So um, I mean, when we come back to, to our troopers, we've kind of got just the two of them. And, uh, and it's sort of the, the one complaint that I've got is that we see them go through all of this and they become, you, know, like a, a, a fully realized team and that sort of thing. Right. and then they go off to Rishi, and it seems like they sort of lose all of that stuff that they just learned um, <laughs> at least that's my perspective having just watched all research watch yeah because
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just I wanted to see how consistent how consistent it was um, there, there's a few issues I have with <clears throat> with the voices um, but but I won't be too harsh because obviously uh, D Bradley Baker does an amazing job he did an amazing job back then, and he does an even more amazing job now. So I'm not going to fault him for doing a better job in these two episodes of differentiating the clones by their voices uh, than he did in season one in like the fifth episode, because uh, it's it's obviously something that would take a while to get the knack of. Yeah, uh, right. and sort of as he goes, I think that he manages to develop those things a little bit more, like. Uh, Gee, back in season one, Cody and Rex, other than the way that they acted, they were kind of copy and paste. It didn't really make a difference. Right. Now, when you go back and you listen to the two of them in season two when they're together or in, in the beginning of season three when we hear them, they have different voices. Like Just oh, yeah, vocally, yeah. how they sound is different. And then the way that they talk and the way that they're, like, they're, they're pacing and everything is just totally different. They're they're unique characters. And the job that, that Dee Bradley Baker did on this episode, which had barely anybody but clones, and we didn't even get clones that look different. All of these cadets look exactly the same.
1: Exactly, yeah, right.
2: Between his vocal performance and the way that the animators made them look when like giving them different gestures and different different ways of carrying themselves and even right down to their walking. Mm -hmm. It it's just amazing that that throughout the entire episode I like the first watch through, I it never occurred to me that I was like, which one was that talking? I I always had a sense like, oh that's droid bait, even though droid bait doesn't have much of a character. Right. It's like, oh that's him because his voice is a little bit different. It's kinda higher pitched and then Oh, that one has the weird accent, so that one's uh, cut up. And, you know, that one's kind of a jerk, so it's clearly heavy. That's you know? heavy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that one sounds worried, so it's Echo. And that one sounds like a normal clone trooper, so it must be Fives. Like, it, it really doesn't take that long. And then even 99 has a really, really different way of talking. Like, he's sort of um, almost like he has to think more to get out what he wants to say. But then what he ends up saying is usually pretty pretty smart, so I don't want to like paint him as like, as he's slow or stupid or something like that. It just seems like his character, because he's not as much of a trooper as the others, he's not as much of a soldier, he just like, he's very careful with what he's saying and he sort of takes his time, whereas the other ones are a little more repulsive, especially with Domino's ones, so. Yeah, uh, Just a really, really interesting way of telling a story with five of the same guy being on a team that don't get along, like it's just <laughs> yeah. amazing. Like when you stop to think about exactly what they've done on the Clone Wars, uh, in developing these characters uh, of the Clone Troopers, it's just <clears throat> it's amazing, and and it deserves you know uh, an Emmy or I don't know some sort of award just for that. I mean,
1: yeah, just, no, it was good. Just start our
2: own award show and just give them <laughs> so that they. Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: we're going to to the front lines. Yeah, awards. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I thought it was a you know everybody who liked rookies. That was like one of the standout episodes in season one. (coughs) And here we get the prequel, and uh, just that's the perfect way to start off. You know, let's go back to something that everybody loved. (coughs) Yeah, a group here that it's you kind of get to know here real quick, and and you start to we get to follow their journey sort of. And you get 99, who was a, everybody loved this character and that yeah. I've seen so far, and he kind of gives uh, Heavy a lesson here, you know, it's like, here's the, he, Heavy kind of learns the value of teamwork and, and brotherhood, and just because yeah. you're not a full-fledged soldier like 99 is, you can still be uh, considered helpful, and uh, not so more than what we'll find out here in our troopers, so. Yeah. <clears throat> nice, way to, nice way to start off. So before we get into our troopers, though, uh, let's we got just a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with uh, the second part of our recap.
0: Excuse me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final toys, t-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics, or right across the street from Metrotown. But hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? and well, Now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy? Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com. The secret stash online.
1: All right, it is time to hit our troopers. Ready to go, Mike? Yes. All right, here we go. (laughs) On board, a Republic cruiser Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, along with clone troopers Rex and Cody, decode an intercepted separatist transmission They discover a communication between General Grievous and Asajj Ventress, detailing plans for an attack on the Republic cloning facilities on Kamino. Rex and Cody take this threat personally and are eager to defend their home planet. Anakin and Obi-Wan agree, and they tell the troopers to prepare their men to return to Kamino. On the bridge of his command
2: ship, General Grievous speaks to a hologram of Asajj Ventress about their upcoming assaults. They plan to target Tipoca City and destroy the clone trooper barracks as well as the chamber holding Jango Fett's DNA. Grievous is eager to lead the attack, but Ventress reminds him that Count Dooku has placed them both in charge of the mission. From inside her underwater assault craft, she ends the transmission with Grievous and speeds through the oceans of Kamino toward her target.
1: Alright, now here we got a couple more things, man. We get get to see Anakin and Obi-Wan are back. Yeah. Uh, and it references the 501st troops. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. So if you're in the 501st, yep. you got a little shout out there. But yeah. I had this question and I think it, it got answered in this episode because I was trying to figure out. Well, here's I know Sidious is in charge of this whole thing. He's the man behind the mask here or whatever you want to yeah. say. Now, I was trying to figure out why is he having Dooku tell Grievous and Asajj to take out the clone facility on Camino, and I'm thinking this could make a you know obviously it's going to make a huge impact on the war yeah for the republic but why would Sidious want all this done because those are in the future here in episode three they're gonna he's gonna turn them with order 66. Yeah I was trying to figure out that's kind of odd why would he go after the clone facility but then we kind of learned later on that uh they're actually trying to pull some of the uh, DNA from it so I don't know if that kind of answered the question for me I think it did did you get anything else out of that? Because I was kind of confused at that at first.
2: You know what? What what I get from this is that um, Sidious sort of he he recruits Dooku as his apprentice, and then Dooku is the one sort of pulling all the strings, right? And Sidious obviously is the one sitting back and doing the majority of sort of the overall pulling of the strings, but. I don't think that he realizes, necessarily, when things like this are going down. Um, this might be a plan that Dooku came up with himself, mm-hmm. and you never know, Dooku could have full awareness of what the eventual plan is, I mean, based on the look on his head, you know, shortly before it leaves his neck uh, in Episode 3. I don't think Dooku has any idea what Sidious has planned in the yeah. end, so... Um, that, and the other aspect of Grievous and Ventress not being all that effectual, yeah. um, at the at the end of the day, I think that that um, Sidious knows, and, and when I say Sidious, we obviously also mean Palpatine, is fully aware that Dooku and Ventress and the battle droids don't stand a chance against the Jedi, like, yeah. properly trained, fully trained Jedi, and... And the clone troopers. Right. Uh, right. I I think that they, they, this is sort of one of those one of those gambles that he takes where he goes uh, you know, who knows what what further strings are being pulled. Yeah. But I, uh, <clears throat> but that that he obviously realizes that like they're not gonna actually accomplish this. You can't actually land on Kamino and take out the, the clone barracks. You can <laughs> Yeah. you could do some serious damage and spread them really thin maybe you could take out a Jedi uh, in the process but uh, more than likely all you're gonna do is is just cause a lot of damage and just sort of piss some people off so yeah yeah uh, I think that he's fully aware of that uh, <clears throat> and uh, and and we see stuff like that in the movies where it's like he's sort of he puts himself in a position where it's like, you could lose this battle, but he knows that he won't. He's he's Palpatine, right? He's, <laughs> yeah. He can see yeah. the future to a certain degree, right? And uh, and I think that this is one of those instances where he kind of knows what's going on there and knows what the outcome is going to be. So he's cool with it. Either that, or like I said, he's kind of in the dark on this one and, uh, and Dooku is pulling something without his... His know-how, and maybe Dooku's doing it to try and sort of usurp
1: yeah.
2: Palpatine's power and influence. Yeah. Uh, whether or not, So this is sort of the thing. This is the line that I don't uh, that that. Well, I guess no. In Episode Three, he does know that Senator that Chancellor Palpatine is Sidious. He knows that they're the same person. So,
1: yeah,
2: <clears throat> this could just be him trying to play at something. You know, like just trying to make a make a play for. For some dominance, like maybe if he gets the DNA, then then he'll sort of have uh,
1: the upper hand. have his yeah.
2: yeah have his master at a disadvantage. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that might give him the opportunity to then take out Sidious, and then Asajj would become a full uh, apprentice, apprentice and, and, yeah. and all that sort of thing, right? Because because yeah. that's the thing with the Sith is that they're always trying to do that stuff. So for me. You know what? I never even really thought about it when I was watching the episode. I It just sort of um, – these sides are being played against each other. And at the end of it, the Separatists and the Empire are the same thing. Like the, the Republic, the Separatists, the Empire.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's pulled so many strings that he's made – like he controls all of it. And they all end up being one entity
1: yeah. at
2: the end anyways. It's like <clears> – <throat> I really thought early on in episode two – that the like uh, or like after episode two came out and in between episode two and episode three that the separatists would somehow end up being the rebels, but that's not what happened, right? Like the rebels are sort of a separate thing that comes out of the empire being put in place. And yes, there is a movement during episode three that sort that got cut from the movie, but
1: yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Interesting. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, kind of raised that question. So it's. That's what this Clone war show is doing, so it's pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, above the water surface, Anakin and Obi-Wan arrive in their cruiser. They disembark with their troops at Topoka City, where they are greeted by Shakti and Lama Su. Obi-Wan it's- informs them uh, of the impending separatist attack, but Lama Su is confident that the Republic blockade around the planet is strong enough to fight off any invasion attempt.
2: Fives and Echo now experienced troopers of the 501st Legion uh, uh, walk the halls of the cloning facilities and reminisce on their time as cadets. They bump into an old friend from their training days, the maintenance man 99. When 99 asks if Heavy is there also, uh, the troopers recount the tale of Heavy's sacrifice at the Rishi Moon outpost. Echo and Fives tell 99 that they have Return to defend Camino from the separatists. Ninety-nine is eager to help them any way that he can. Now, here, uh, this is sort of odd to me. Um, okay. Based on the timeline, from what I can figure, now I'm I'm willing to put an an extensive period of time between uh, between clone cadets and uh, and rookies, uh-huh. um, because obviously they've been on the the Rishi outpost for a while because they're bored out of their minds they've all sort of figured out their routine they're not it's not like they just showed up and they're just figuring things out they they've sort of been through the paces so many times that they become a little bit complacent um in my world in my way of thinking that's why they're sloppy and uh, and you know droid bait and cut up die so easily because because uh, they sort of without real Excuse the, the the use of this term, but without real frontline experience, uh, they, <laughs> zing, bazinga, yeah, uh, they, they sort of just fall back into those old, those old habits. Habits, yeah, definitely. And that's what sort of ends uh, uh, leads to their to to the situation that happens Yeah, right.
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> point.
2: Now, that said, I do not put a lot of time. Between rookies and arc troopers. So, um. No, no f- I don't think fives so. And, fives and Echo sort of step off of that, that carrier and are walking the halls as if it's been, you know, years since they've been there. And, uh, and I would put it probably at months at the most. I would think so, that yeah. They've yeah. been away. Um, <clears throat> now here's the real, the real part that I have an issue with. Um, now they must have had at least a couple of days to have become five zero first, because at the end of rookies, uh, Cody and uh, and and Rex, no wait, Anakin is the one who who tells them that they're now members of the five zero first. Right. And uh, and when we see them in this episode, their their armor has changed, their uh, their their helmets have changed, and. Uh, <laughs> There's a couple of things going on here that I'm kind of like, yeah, did they really have enough time to do that? First of all, they both have an emblem on them in in uh, in commemoration of, of Heavy's sacrifice uh, on on the Rishi moon. And it's, uh, it's a um, – shoot, I forgot the name of it. It's one of the rotary blaster cannons. I, I had the, the whole thing memorized. It's like okay. an R6 or R7 or something like that, okay. rotary cannon. Uh, they, it's it's an illustration of that, and then the words uh, "for heavy," spelt on it in Arubesh, and that's like they both wear that symbol sort of in commemoration of okay. of what happened yeah. on Rishi. Now, <clears throat> that's cool and everything, but I, it just kind of with the, it doesn't fit with the timeline for me because it looks like it at least echoes. Chest plate is the same one that he had on the Rishi boot because it's got that handprint. Hand co- yeah. Right. That uh, that Rex puts there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now it's it could very easily be that like on Anakin's Jedi cruiser that, that there's just scores of armor that are already marked up with the five oh first markings, and they just had to like sort of switch out pieces of their armor, and, and so it didn't take long. They didn't actually have to decorate them, and maybe they only had to put that that one deco, that one illustration on there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and beyond that, it could be really simple. Uh, you know, I might be reading too much into it as if they have to decorate them themselves. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah. Star Wars and they could probably just like, it's probably like a, a droid or a laser printer or something like that, like <clears throat> yeah. that, that does that. But I would have expected their armor to look a lot less weathered and a lot more like brand new, brand mm-hmm. like shiny. Armor at the same point at the same time that like parts of it are a little bit scuffed and that sort of thing, but uh, I'll sort of give a let them get away with it because it fits in stylistically. You know, yeah, I'm not going to be much of a continuity stickler, yeah. but uh, but that does kind of just like it sort of calls into question some of the timeline because uh, Grievous and uh, Grievous is on his way to Kamino in rookies when they take out the outposts and. Uh, Assange is already on Camino, because he makes reference to the fact that like the, the assassin is already
1: right there. on
2: Camino yeah. you know, and he talks to her and says, you know, we're we're on our way, sort of thing. Yeah. Are you in place? And and, uh, and uh, she's like, yes, I am in place on Camino and all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, <clears throat> so it kind of puts those two episodes really tight together.
1: Yeah, and I think then, so too. Yeah.
2: and then the, this this moment would have you believe that. There's more time in there than there was, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it's that's kind of, a good one. Yeah, but they did have some. Uh, we get to see. Uh, we we heard so much about how they had trouble making water, and and uh, we actually get to see Camino here under a storm with the waves going. And I, you know, I thought they did a bang up job. It looked fantastic. You know, almost getting close to attack the clones type stuff. So, yeah, yeah, a really good achievement there. So that yeah, definitely um, looked amazing. Yeah. In the space above the Camino, in the space above Camino, Grievous' fleet emerges from hyperspace and engages the Republic fleet surrounding the planet. Anakin takes off from Topoka City and his Jedi Starfighter to lead the Republic space forces in battle. The Republic fighter squadrons begin destroying the Separatist cruisers, sending debris falling on into the oceans below. In their command center, Obi Wan and Shakti worry that the battle is too easy and they suspect that the enemy is up to something else. Obi-Wan believes they may have plans involving the debris falling from the battle above, and he travels down below the ocean's surface to investigate. Obi-Wan descends into the watery depths of Kamino in a submersible, and discovers aqua droids assembling an assault craft for a surprise attack.
0: Nothing as of yet. Only you to be worried about the ships I already shot down. (coughs) Oh, wait a minute, Aquadroids. Looks as though they're assembling assault craft. Anakin, I was right. Those down transports were hiding ships for an underwater assault. Anakin, come in.
1: So we got a lot of stuff going on here. First of all, we got uh Grievous starting his attack and we get this fantastic battle starting off here. I mean, we got yeah. arc 170s, we got Y-wings, we got the classic Star Wars sounds coming out, you know. <clears throat> uh, yeah.
2: And then we Yeah, get, I, it's it's an amazing space battle cuz oh, you've yeah, got you've yeah. got Anakin and his Jedi starfighter and then you've got ARC-170s and Y-Wings like you mentioned, there's also some V-19 Torrents thrown in there, yeah. which really. I just love that now that they have the ARC-170s that they're not just throwing the Torrents out because yeah. I really like yeah. the Torrents as a ship, like there's a really cool design and uh, and and really underused in my opinion um, but it, because it does have the ARC-170s which are sort of a throwback to the X-Wings and the, yeah. the Y-Wings which are obviously the, the prototype Y-Wings, um it, I, uh, it definitely gives it a very like, I don't know. It, it had a very Return of the Jedi feel to it, it um, did, more yes. than more than anything that we've seen in a while. Yeah. So um, this was sort of what I've been asking for, which is a really really great. Yeah, I
1: thought you uh, you appreciate about. this one,
2: yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, but in the timeline, it puts it after the uh, the malevolence storyline story so yeah. okay. i just want everybody to uh <laughs>
1: yeah. to
2: know that because they introduce the y-wings in the malevolent storyline which means that ahsoka at this point is already anakin's padawan but must just be somewhere else
1: yeah that's that was a topic that i saw going around after this so <clears throat> i was like was this before anakin had his padawan uh, but it, you know it sounds like he kind of figure it out, yeah. There, like,
2: yeah. One of the one of the things that, that Dave Filoni has said is that one of the best ways to tell where you are in the timeline is whether or not Ahsoka is with Anakin and Obi Wan. Uh-huh. Because chances are if if she's not, then it puts it before the movie. And this episode sort of calls that into question. It's like, yeah, okay, so sometimes
0: yeah. <laughs> but
2: not all the time. Like that's not <laughs> a hard, fast rule. Yeah. yeah. Because then we also have uh, the season finale uh, of R two come home, and uh, well, okay, uh, what's what's the episode before that the one that we first saw Boba Fett?
1: Um, uh, wow, you put him in the spot now.
2: Yeah, I can't R two <laughs> come home. And then lethal track down, lethal I can't track
1: read, down yeah.
2: name of the one before that. But in those three episodes, Anakin is with Mace on on that cruiser for some reason we don't really know. Um, maybe just to do the training, so maybe he sort of splits up, and then Ahsoka is with, with uh, Plo Koon, and uh, and sort of we're seeing sort of a different side of the Jedi training where a Padawan may not necessarily spend all their time with one master. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, uh, timeline stuff kind of getting a little murky, uh, but but I don't know. I guess we'll. Uh, but- David said that they have an official timeline that they work with. And and that uh, eventually he will release that, and, um, and that starting with the next season with season four, you know, we're kind of looking ways in the future, but starting with season four, that they might start just moving straight forward, that they might tie up sort of some of those loose ends of the timeline,
1: okay, okay.
2: And, then, uh, and then just move forward from there yeah. towards the end of the world, so. So we'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, in this clip that we just heard, you know, it's Obi-Wan once again. (coughs) He's he's just got that great tactical mind and he figures out something's not right here. And and sure enough, he he catches what's going on. And there's also another callback to the original Star Wars in this. And, again, Grievous states that uh, he says, attack formation Echo 3. And everybody should know that uh, that is the call sign. Uh, in Star Wars, uh, you know, Echo, not Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Look at me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Echo that's 3 the, to uh, Echo 7. So that's his call yeah. sign on Hoth. So, yeah. Another throwback there. So I had to just throw that in there. I know some other people probably caught that. So, uh, let's see. Several squid shaped trident drills head for the city, and aqua droids attack Obi Wan's craft <coughs> before he can alert the Republic. Obi Wan ejects from his damaged submersible and catches a ride to the surface on a flying. Iowa beast just as the trident drills burst out of the ocean to attack the cloning facilities Obi-Wan calls Anakin for help and Anakin leaves a space battle above to defend the city below
2: within the within the city arc troopers prepare the clones to fight off the invasion they close the doors to their hangar bays and take up defensive positions but the drills on the separatist ships burst through the doors and ceilings and deploy groups of aqua droids to fight the clones Grievous and Ventress emerge from separate transports to lead the attack. 99 tries to help the defense by bringing weapons and ammo to the clone troopers, but an ARC trooper orders him to get to safety right before being shot and killed. Anakin and Obi-Wan fight off a group of droids, and Obi-Wan notes that the enemy forces aren't strong enough to capture the entire city. He concludes that the battle must be a diversion to distract them from the Separatist's true goal, and he sends Anakin to defend the clone DNA chamber.
1: Uh, Elsewhere in the city, Fives and Echoes shoot down waves of oncoming droids from the elevated sniper position. 99 arrives to bring them ammo and grenades, and they encounter a group of lost young clone cadets. The boys were separated from their group on the way to the clone barracks, and 99 offers to show them the fastest way there. And before you go on, you know, we have this unbelievable scene where you know, this this the devastation of the pods, yeah. Uh, like you said earlier, Mike, uh, the, the pods of uh, the young clones that haven't even been born yet, I guess, uh, just come crashing down. Fantastic yeah. shot. We get the shot kind of right out of the attack of the clones where we get Obi Wan on the air whales. Uh, yeah, you know, just like they said, I mean, it, this thing is just ramping up and. I'm going to mention one more thing when we get to the interesting about the quality that's going yeah. on with this. Yeah,
2: well, it's just um, one thing that, that really sort of harkens back to, to true Star Wars for me with this episode and something that's that's definitely changing in the way that they're doing the show is that uh, in, a, in a major episode like this with a huge battle going on, uh, we have three separate stories going on at once. We've got Anakin and Ventress in a little bit, uh, Grievous and Obi-Wan, and then, uh, and then Fives and Echo along with uh, Commander Cody and Captain Rex. And all three of these stories are going on at once and we're cutting back and forth and it's so fast-paced. And yeah, yeah. it just, it has that feeling of like Return of the Jedi where in Return of the Jedi you've got, you've got Lando leading the space battle with Admiral Ackbar and all the rebels. And then you've got Han and Leia down on the surface of Endor leading the attack against the bunker and then you've got Luke on the Death Star facing down Vader and the Emperor and it's just like you've got all three of these things going on at once and you've got personal stories going on in each of them and and the stakes are so high and you just don't know what's gonna happen next and the second something happens someplace you cut to somewhere else and something else is happening and it's just it's this is the way that Star Wars is is told like this is this is the way that the stories unfold for us and and it just it just feels so genuine in a way that nothing else in the series has up until this point up until this point we've just gotten like one person's perspective yeah we've known that there's other stuff going on like in the ryloth trilogy we know that anakin and ahsoka are engaged in a space battle while mace is on the surface but we're not cutting back and forth between them it's just they take 22 minutes for this episode and it feels like an hour and a half yeah, he's like it. Just there's so much going on. It you you think back on it, and you go, did all of that really just happen in 22 minutes? That's yeah, unbelievable. Really.
1: Yeah, you know it's funny that you just mentioned that is because I actually had that written down in my notes. I had it <laughs> underlined as the fact that someone had mentioned. I think it was uh, James Montano that that these are movies, many yeah. movies, and and this is exactly the point right here. Is that just like you yeah. said, we're going to come up to it in a minute three different things going on at the same time, and we're jumping back and forth. Just like you said, the Return of the Jedi feels. It was just awesome. So, But we'll continue here. I'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. In the hallway outside the barracks, General Grievous and a group of battle droids advance on Commander Colt and his men. They kill all of Colt's remaining troops, and the ARC Trooper prepares to make a last stand against the droids. Instead, Ventress emerges from an adjoining hallway and force-chokes the commander before impaling him with her lightsaber. She and Grievous meet face-to-face for the first time, and Asajj tells the <coughs> general to continue the assault with his droids while she steals the clone DNA.
0: Your skills are impressive. Perhaps a match for my own, assassin. Count Dooku, may have ah. taught you how to swing a lightsaber, general? But that hardly makes you my equal. yet I am the General in charge of this assault. Remember, Assassin, you are to recover the clone DNA. Why not just destroy it? Because the DNA could unlock new possibilities for us. Keep playing with your droids. I'll handle breaking into the DNA room. (laughs) Shall I provide you with a droid escort? My dear General. There's nothing you have that I could want.
1: And I have to say, Mike, this was probably my favorite scene, this whole interaction here with Asajj, General Grievous, and uh, Colt here. And just, we <coughs> talked earlier yeah. about the cutscene. scene. Either way, it works. Um, you know, we got Ventress showing her, her knowledge <coughs> of the Force here. She's yeah. able to do Force chokes. And, and pull people in and stab oh, just like, I was just like, holy mackerel, this is awesome. And and the fact that she looks a lot different than I remember in episode one as far as just the way they are able to to animate her. And season it's, one. Seen, it's season one, yeah. What did I say, episode one? Yeah. Season one. Yeah. She just looks so much different, you know, like, wow. You know, they're really yeah. putting this together like she's looking so much, so real now. Just yeah. all that whole scene was just so awesome to me and you know we hear stuff like uh she's talking about recovering the clone dna for new possibilities and that's kind of open to however you feel that the interpretation much like i talked about earlier about you know what are they doing what's what's going to happen with the clones Django Fett's dead now yeah so who knows if there's going to be more to this story uh down the future but fantastic scene there i loved it
2: yeah amazing um like the what you're saying about the quality having just made such a jump that she is almost unrecognizable, and uh, I, I totally agree with you. The uh, just the way that they, they animated her in that sequence was, I uh, it was just so real. Like yeah, the the yeah. character was so authentic, and the way that she moved and everything, just it it told so much about who she is. And uh, and it was it was just an amazing amazing moment for the character. It's a shame like this is where the scene got cut out, and yeah. it's a shame that that does get cut out for the broadcast. But
0: yeah. uh,
2: it'll be awesome to get the Blu Ray and DVD and uh, and to watch that play oh, out definitely. the way it was originally intended to. Because it's just it's an introduction to the character that I don't think we ever got before, and because we already knew her from the micro series, and so it's like. I really feel like in Season 3, especially because she wasn't in Season 2 a lot, I think that was intentional. Uh-huh. So that she could come back in Season 3 and almost be reintroduced as a new character. Yeah. Because later on in Season 3, we're going to find out a lot more about her
1: right, and, right, right.
2: and who she is as a character and her origins and where she comes from. So, um, yeah, it just it felt like a reintroduction of the character and, uh, and just developing her so much more. Than, uh, than anything that they did in the movie or the first two seasons. So uh, <clears throat> I look forward to her story unfolding.
1: Yeah. Uh, Echoes, uh, Echo and Five successfully get 99 of the clone cadets to safety inside the barracks. Captain Rex and Commander Cody arrive and tell the young clones that they can still help defend their home even though they haven't completed their training. 99 offers to lead the group to the armory so that they can get weapons to defend the barracks. Meanwhile, a group of aqua droids attack the Republic's command center. Shakti easily dispatches her attackers and sends a message to her forces to press their attack.
2: Assage Ventress enters the clone DNA chamber and retrieves a canister containing Jango Fett's genetic material. As she prepares to leave, Anakin arrives to stop her. Meanwhile, Rex, Cody, and 99 get weapons from the armory and prepare to defend their position. General Grievous orders his droids to break into the barracks. And they are met with a volley of blaster fire from Rex, Cody, Echo, and Fives. While the droids battle the clones, Obi-Wan arrives and confronts Grievous.
1: And this is what we were talking about, Mike. We got the three different story arcs going. <laughs> yeah. It really kicks into high gear here. Ventress attempts to leave with the clone DNA, but Anakin pursues her. And the two engage in a fierce <coughs> lightsaber duel elsewhere in the facility obi-wan and grievous do the same grievous nearly defeats the jedi master but obi-wan saves himself by force pushing the cyborg <coughs> into the ceiling and then again down the hallway <coughs> and the general retreats oh
2: man, oh, man. such wow. a like a visceral moment when when uh, obi-wan's or when grievous's arm separates and yeah. Yeah. and is and that hand grabs Obi Wan by the face and just slams yeah. him like yeah. like like judo flips him over Grievous and slams him into the ground and you can feel how much that hurt yeah. like you, yeah. like the fact that Obi Wan gets up after that and and saves the day essentially like it, it just speaks to how awesome Obi Wan is.
1: And, oh uh, yeah.
2: And, and such a great job that they did in the animation of just making us feel the impact of that move and, and making Grievous really feel like somebody to be tangled with, which in season one, he definitely didn't in season one. He felt like almost a cartoon character that just like, he would show up and be like, I'm so evil. And then they'd be like, yeah, well we have lightsabers and <laughs> yeah. better ships and stuff. And he'd be like, well then I'm going to run away. And he would just run away. Yeah. Um, but in this one, it just seems like it's much more like, like he's sort of playing to his strengths a little bit more. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> and and another confrontation between him and Obi Wan is always interesting.
1: Yeah, you know we get we get T, she's showing her Jedi ability, force throwing the Aqua droids around. You yeah, know, we got we got Anakin and Ventress going at it. Obi Wan's going at it. Lightsaber fights. I mean, it's just like we just said. I mean, it's a movie, man. this is right out of the movies it's awesome yeah um and then i I just had a comment on the lightsaber fights it's so cool to watch these because you can actually see a lot of the moves and they're and like i said before they're they're not doing it so anime style where it's just flash bang boom you know cut 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 yeah you can actually see some fighting going on it's i'm so happy to see that so tons of good stuff going on Plus the clones versus the the seppies there. You got 99 that's right in the fight. I mean, it's just going crazy right now. So uh, inside the barracks, Rex, Cody, Echo, and Fives are being pushed back by the droids. Fives and Echo blast away at the droids while Rex and Cody destroy them with grenades provided by 99. But more keep coming. Rex signals the clone cadets who emerge from the bed pods in the walls and ambush the droids.
2: Meanwhile, Anakin and Ventress continue their duel. Anakin gains the upper hand, Ventress flees, and Anakin pursues her, while Obi-Wan follows Grievous out onto the platform surrounding Topoca City. Back inside the barracks, the clones are thinning the droid's numbers, but Rex and Cody are running out of grenades. 99 offers to get more, and although Rex orders him not to, he insists on trying to help. He gets up and makes a break for the armory, and is shot in the back and killed by battle Druids.
1: On the platform outside obi-wan and grievous circle each other in a standoff one of the trident drills collapses the platform (laughs) causing obi-wan to slide off and fall into the water below as grievous escapes in a spaceship obi-wan rises up out of the ocean having been saved again by an iowa or our whale air whale and you know before just real quick here's another scene with 99 and yeah this is why so many people like what a fabulous scene here you got that slow motion uh you know kind of uh shot going on with the music kind of crescendoing uh and you just really like wow this is this is so good uh you know 99 says hey i'm a soldier like you this is what i was bred for you know kind of just he's in the fight you know even though he's he's a reject he's in the fight with his brothers doing all that he can uh, and like I said, the, kinda, the music uh, kind of builds up and swells up, and you get him being killed. And it's just like, oh, man. Great scene there. Fantastic scene. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Throughout the city, clone troopers destroy the last of the droid forces, and clones with rocket launchers destroy the trident drills, still clinging to the buildings. Anakin duels Ventress on the Atlantic platform at the edge of the city. He knocks her down and manages to get back the clone DNA but she in turn knocks him down and the container falls from his hand. Asajj uses the force to bring it back to her, but a clone trooper intercepts it. Several more clones emerge from the wreckage of the battle with their blasters trained on Ventress. Anakin plans to let his men execute her, but she is picked up at the last minute by General (laughs) Grievous as the two of them flee the planet. And I thought this was cool that Anakin is basically saying, you're done for. I'm just going to let these guys kill you. You know, yeah. he's not saying I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna hold you in. I'm gonna put you in jail like he did with with uh in episode three with uh Mace. He's saying you know he's telling Mace, hey, this you know he's got to stand trial or whatever. And <laughs> he doesn't do this yeah. with Azaz. He's telling her, I'm just gonna let my boys here execute you. I thought that was pretty cool, you know. Yeah,
2: it's cool. just kind of like he has this moment where he's like, no, I'm just really sick of you. Yeah. And you always seem to come back, so I'm just gonna let these guys shoot the crap out of you. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll know once and for all that you're done. Yeah, and uh, and and That's he's wrong. just kind of got this attitude about him that it's like, <clears throat> it's clearly not okay. Like it's clearly dark side because <laughs> yeah. he's just like, he's just like, no, I'm just gonna let these guys kill you. That's gonna happen. And then it also shows that like the clones really have a very oddly skewed sense of right and wrong because they're they're bred for battle, so it's all they know. So. In an instant like instance like that where Anakin could just say, like, no, you're like we've got you as a prisoner, but I'm I'm not even gonna bother. We're just gonna kill you now. Yeah. Um, and the clones are just like, Yeah, that's what's gonna happen and they're okay with that <laughs> because that's the order that they're being given.
1: Yeah.
2: It sort of makes you go like, well, I could see how these guys would just follow order sixty six. Like these guys would just be like, Yeah, order sixty six, we need to kill a Jedi. <clears throat> Order's an order. Yeah. And they just start firing, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, uh, it, sort of, it sort of plays to both of those sides at once, uh, and, it, and it means a lot for, for all of those characters involved. It's very, very interesting. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, you want to finish it up?
2: Yeah. Oh, In right. the aftermath of the battle, the young clone cadets congratulate themselves on fighting off the droids. Echo cradles the body of the Fallen 99, and Commander Cody laments that they lost a true soldier. Later on, Cody and Rex approach Echo and Fives. They praise the two troopers for their valor in combat and inform them that they will both be promoted to ARC Troopers.
0: Echo? Fives, You both really stepped up in the heat of battle. We did what we had to do, sir. What any clone would have done. Both of you showed valor out there, real courage. Remind me of me, actually. Echo? Fives? You're both officially being made ARC Troopers. I don't think the Separatists will be coming back here anytime soon. But if they do, Kamino will be lucky to have clones like you defending it. Good job, men!
1: And that's how we end the season premiere. Echo and Fives are officially <clears throat>
2: troopers. Now, I just want to take a moment and say that there were four characters in that clip, in that audio clip, and yeah. you know which one's talking yeah. at which yeah. time, because Dee Bradley Baker just does such an amazing job. Like, I, I Rex just has, he's got this deeper, sort yeah, of more, more foreboding, voicing. Timbre yeah. to his voice and right. and uh, echoes kind of high pitched and a little almost whiny, and uh, and and yeah, it's just listening to it, just listening to the audio. Like we don't have video when those play for us when we're doing these episodes, <clears throat> and uh, and just listening to the audio now, it just totally proves my point that that he's just doing such an amazing job of making each of these individuals their own characters, and uh, and these two episodes just exemplify that and uh, man the moment with 99 just it kills me when I watch it now I I don't usually watch like rewatch episodes very much I might watch them a second time if I feel like you know there's more stuff in there that I want to see and you know stuff like that if it's a really good episode that I really enjoyed I'll sometimes watch it more than once or I'll catch stuff as they replay on TV when there's nothing else on yeah but with these two episodes I've watched them each three times already, uh, and oh, yeah, yeah. just <clears throat> I'm blown away each time at how great they are and how much better they are than anything for the first two seasons. And that's not to slight the first two seasons. No, no. It's just to say that, like, the the leap that they've made between season two and season three is just beyond. It's it's just amazing, and I can't wait to see the rest of of the season, yeah, uh, yeah. it just it bodes well for everything else. So,
1: yeah, uh, fantastic <clears throat> season. Uh, yeah, I yeah. couldn't be more happy. And you know, we got uh, like I said, ends with echoes and fives, and and a good and a good story. You know, for kids and everything. Yeah. You know, Cody's saying, "Hey, we lost a true soldier," and 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 Rex is saying, "You know, he was really one of us." And they're talking about ninety nine and and how yeah. you know you can't judge a book by its cover. Um and and, yeah. and and themes like that. It's just so awesome. It's like wow. Yeah. Excellent job. So fantastic opening to uh to season three. Yes. So Excellent. I think uh we got to get to some mail and stuff before we <coughs> get into it, right? Yeah. Let's let's all do right. that. Let's check the mailbag. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, like weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here. No, thanks you. How are you? Okay, so, <clears throat> the mailbag. Um, this is from Dylan, Dylan S., and uh, he says, Hey, Mike, the season premiere was, the season three premiere was epic. Colon Cadets really made you feel for a Domino Squad and 99. And for the first time in around a year, I went and re-watched Rookies, and to be honest, I almost shed a tear when I saw Cut Up get eaten and heavily blown up. Their relationship in this episode was actually like how brothers act in real life, picking on each other, but they have your back when you need it. If you have to pick on one bad thing about this episode, it would be that Heavy was gonna desert. Did that seem strange to you? ARC Troopers was what I wanted when I saw, what I wanted when I saw Camino. It was like I was watching Battlefront. It was a movie in 23 minutes. Finally, the battle droids shut up and actually acted like droids. Instead of Courage is a cowardly dog. The mortality rate of the violence is what you should expect, uh, should be expected of the show. You see Ventress choking an arc, uh, and an arc pulling his his helmet off and getting (laughs) impaled by a lightsaber. I can't wait for more. I have a feeling this is the show I'm looking for, and that is from Dylan S. And, you know, he brought up a lot of things that we had talked about in this episode, you know, about how it was a movie in 23 minutes. Yeah, uh, I think you talked uh, about heavy Mike and about um, how you rewatched uh, rookies Yeah, uh, before this. So, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. To sort of to sort of see the characters and, and have a little bit more of the context that, that the story comes in, and uh, and it was pretty great. It, it was it was amazing to uh, to go back and have an episode of the show just informed so much by. Yeah, by by two other episodes, uh, it does, it does for its own episodes what it does for you know the rest of the Star Wars films. Like it just, it's so great. And and when people, you know, you're gonna get people who're gonna be haters and they're gonna say negative things about Clone Wars, about Star Wars and the prequels and everything. But what I take away from it is that at the end of the day, I, they're making more Star Wars. And that Star Wars is making the existing Star Wars better. Yeah. It's making it more, more meaningful and it's sort of – it's giving all of these extra added dimensions to it. And this is just an excellent illustration of that, of how they can even go back and just make something that was a single standalone episode that we all really enjoyed into part of a three-part story arc for these characters. And you know what? It's not even a three-part story arc because I get the feeling that we're going to see
1: – Yeah, I think – uh,
2: Fives and Echo – possibly even before the season is out, so yeah. uh, just an amazing way of telling stories <clears throat> that makes you have to really consider things and go back and go like, okay, now what does this mean, you know, and, and, and just really make us think about the show in a different light and, uh, and these stories in a different light, which just makes the stories that much more important to us. Yeah, and uh, and that much better. So, uh, yeah. Um, now, <clears throat> Dylan says that he had a bit of a problem with heavy deserting, but uh, but I, we kind of talked about it already. It's sort of like in uh, in yeah. the episode the deserter. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I think I don't think that it uh, that it's uh, out of place at all. I, I think that it it really just shows. An aspect of that character and and of the clones that we haven't seen before, um, and sort of explores. Yeah. So,
1: and it shows how <clears throat> important uh, ninety nine was to this group. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and his, his sort of leadership, if you will, out of a, out of a reject. So it was cool. So uh, yeah, Dylan, thanks for the mailbag. <clears throat> uh, keep them coming. Um, yes. Everybody. We knows. love
2: to get positive emails. Like yeah. That. Uh, positive critical. Emails. Yeah.
1: So we're going to continue with the forum post of the week. You want to do that one, Mike? Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. uh, This is a post by Darth Creel over on our new forums at forum.starwarsdaily.com. And he posted the topic, Darth Maul and Boba Fett, mistake fixed. That's got a question mark at the end of it in case you couldn't tell. Uh, Boba Fett and Darth Maul are two of the most popular characters in the Star Wars, which is almost amazing considering they both have almost no lines. I was wondering if you guys agree with me that George may have intended for Boba Fett to die in the Sarlacc, but didn't give him a definitive enough death to prevent him from coming back in the EU. I think it's possible that sensing that Darth Maul could be as popular as Boba Fett, he made sure that he died in a way that left no doubt as to his fate. But this is this still uh, be resisted by uh, creating a brother for Darth Maul in season three of the Clone Wars. Uh, so I think what, what Darth Creel is trying to get at here is that uh, by giving these characters sort of no lines and making them nice and mysterious, uh, that's going to make them appeal to fans, which I totally agree with. Um, but then giving them these deaths where we kind of don't see the body mm-hmm. makes them a little less definitive and it allows them to sort of come back, but maybe... Maybe not, right? Like, it sort yeah, of leaves yeah. things, it's sort of a gray area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, I would say, for me, I know that in the EU, Boba Fett comes back, right. and I know that, that he is a major player in stuff like uh, uh, the end of the uh, the New Jedi Order and then uh, the Legacy of the Force series and stuff like that. But, uh, but from George's perspective, Boba Fett dies in the Sarlacc pit. That's how he died. Um, Now, you can like it or hate it, but he's said in interviews before that that is a definitive death for Boba Fett as far as the movies are concerned uh, and as far as George is concerned himself. Um, uh, When it comes to Darth Maul, I think that, yeah, this is supposed to be the same sort of thing.
1: Uh, Yeah, there was no denying that Maul – I mean he was cut in half. I mean I don't know. Like with with Boba Fett – you know, you got a thousand years to digest, so there was uh, tons of possibilities there, um, yeah. With with Boba Fett, but Darth Maul, it, I don't know, it getting cut in half. Uh, you're yeah, a, I mean, a, I mean, it's
2: it's fun to to sort of look at stuff like Visionaries and see the story yeah. where Maul comes back and he hunts down uh, Obi Wan on on Tatooine and all that sort of thing. That's it's a that's a cool story to explore. Um, I put it, Visionaries in the same in the same pile as stuff like Infinities, mm-hmm. which <clears throat> Infinities is a really cool way of looking at those stories and saying like, if this one thing had been a little bit different, how would that have changed yeah. everything else? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, makes, it makes you sort of revisit those stories from a different perspective, just like new episodes of the Clone Wars do for, for the old episodes and for the movies and that sort of thing. And that's really cool and I enjoy that. But at the end of the day, I also know that visionaries isn't canon. I can sort right, of put that right. aside and go, "Yeah, that's not part of this." Now, there is opportunity for for these characters to sort of reappear in other fashions, and uh, and I think that's what he's getting at when he says, you know, that Darth Maul's brother. Savage Opress is going to be showing up in season three.
1: Yeah,
2: um, This is sort of a way of us getting to see more of Darth Maul without having to rewrite yeah. Darth Maul's story.
1: Yeah, right. And and, uh, a,
2: and,
0: yeah, yeah you're
2: right. and and Cad Bane is sort of the same thing for Boba Fett. I think that Cad Bane is a way of taking what was awesome about Boba Fett and putting him in another character Yeah. and allowing Boba Fett's story to unfold. And now it's like, yeah, OK, so some people will tell you that like they ruined Boba Fett's story. But for me, it's like, no, Boba Fett just changed as a character, but now we have these other characters that we get to explore that have the same purpose as Boba Fett did. So mm-hmm. Cad Bane really sort of fills that mold for me, and now Boba Fett is a character that we can explore because he's sort of, I don't want to say been replaced, but it, that, that lack of of his presence, of the presence of Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett, mm-hmm. has been made up for in Cad Bane, so.
1: Yeah. You know, I think uh, as far as Savage Opress in, in Season 3 of The Clone Wars, you know, I think Darth Maul was kind of maybe <clears> snuck <throat> up just a little bit. I mean, everybody loves the Sith, but everybody was really upset when, when he died. It was like, man, why couldn't he have yeah. lasted a couple more? And it was yeah. like, well, maybe this is like, I, you know, here's George Lucas and Filoni going, well, we know we had to kill off Darth Maul, but... How about this? How about Darth Maul's yeah. brother? You know, and, and, yeah. Here, have some more. <laughs> you know, yeah. have some more. You know, this is. <clears throat> and as far as Boba Fett, you know, there's so much story to be told between Episode three and four that hasn't even been explored yet. I mean, we got a little bit with the, the Force Unleashed, and we're going to get a little bit more with Boba Fett. So there's tons of stories yeah. here to tell with, with Boba Fett. <clears throat> and I thought there was a, a section where Lucas did say that. Well, maybe he did get out of the Sarlacc pit. I thought I heard that one time, but you're saying that he definitely said no. He's, he's in the select uh, still, and I've I've heard him
2: say that that was that that's how, mm-hmm. or maybe I read it in an interview or something like that. But I know that I read that I heard it. Yeah. Some that that that's his definitive
1: uh, his definitive ending for Boba Fett's character. That's how Boba Fett dies. Yeah. Yeah. So. So there you go, Darth Creel. That's what we think about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah continue on the boards there, guys, and we'll talk about the boards here in a second, but yeah, uh, before we end up our show, we have to give you a preview of next week's episode, and that is called Supply Lines. And uh, it says, With Ryloth under siege, a trapped Jedi master, Amagundi, and his clone forces rally the local forces of Cham Sindula. elsewhere the Jedi Council sends Bail Organa and Jar Jar beings to go to Toydaria to ask King Katunko for aid to Ryloth. On an all new
2: episode of Star Wars The Clone
1: Wars.
2: Remember Ryloth? Well, it looks kind of like this.
1: Yeah. Bad. And the only one who can save it is Jar Jar. We know this <laughs> yes,
2: is going to uh, get weird. Oh, boy. Let me do the talking, okay?
0: Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 3, Secrets oh, Review. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to get there weird. We Did you hear that?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, here he is, folks. Jar Jar Binks is back to The Clone Wars, and it sounds like we're going to have Ahmed Best doing the voice. Same yeah. Get, I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, man. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I mean you know, he's Jar
2: Jar. I don't think we're ever gonna be rid of him. He's gonna come back. Yeah. He's he's always gonna be there. And and uh, and I really feel like the in the Clone Wars, he sort of he, he suits a bit of a better purpose because it is yeah. a TV show and it is um, it's only twenty two minutes. We don't have to put up with him for that long. Yeah. In an episode like uh, like Bomb Bad Jedi, I really actually enjoyed that episode and I enjoyed him in that episode along with. Uh, with C-3PO. This yeah. time around he's being paired up with Bail Organa, which this yeah, is the first cool. time that we're really going to get to see his character do very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've seen him before, but this is sort of an extended yeah. look at the character I think, um, which will be interesting at his interactions with Jar Jar, and then we're also going to see a little bit of Ryloth. So.
1: Yeah, we got Ryloth uh, coming back, King Katunko is coming back, and then <clears throat> a, new, a new Jedi Master, Gun yeah. Gundai, and I guess you could take from that name that we know his fate, but we'll just leave it. Yeah. there.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave it there. Uh, yeah, so so that's next week uh, or this coming Friday, uh, and uh, and I look forward to it. I look forward to plenty more awesome uh, coming up this year on the Clone Wars. On the Clone Wars. So, uh, so with that, yeah, yeah, that's us for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us as always on Twitter with our username Clone Wars, and you can head over to Facebook and join our group, uh, facebook.com/slash Clone Wars Podcast. And uh, and now you can join us on our newly minted forums at yes. Star uh, the Star Wars Daily Forums, which is forum.starwarsdaily.com.
1: Definitely. So uh, again,
2: yeah, that is forum.starwarsdaily.com. And, uh, and don't forget, don't, please don't forget, that you can uh, you can send us emails at mike at clonewarspodcast.com and matt at clonewarspodcast.com. Uh, and, uh, and here's a little tip. Uh, send it to both of us, and you'll have a better chance of getting on an episode, because then uh, then we can kind of, we'll, me and Matt, talk about it and go, oh, yeah, did you get this email? Oh, yeah, I got that one. So if you if you just send it to both of us or you CC one of us on it, uh, then we'll both get it and then maybe both of us will go yeah I want this one or maybe I won't but Matt will or the other way around or something so it ups your chances so definitely uh, with that that, that's our episode thanks for listening
1: that's it and one more shout out to to Kyle for doing the recaps for us
2: yeah thank you very much Kyle
1: excellent job and uh, for Mike this is Matt signing off we will see you next week at the Frontlines Clone Wars Podcast
2: See you next week.
0: Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontline's The Clone Wars Podcast. Brought to you of course by StarWarsDaily.com. Force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.